If you are hearing this, you are receiving a signal from another planet. Fanboy planet. Watch animated chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. Sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the letter F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. I'm a nerd overdrive. I will always survive. Fanboy, baby. Feel so alive. Listen up, Thank you very much, Nate. This is Derek McCaw, Editor-in-Chief of FanboyPlanet.com, and we are podcasting on Wednesday, November 18th, uh, shortly after 7 p.m., and uh, so we're not responsible for any news that happens after that point. We're probably not responsible for most of the news that happens before that point, too, but we'd like to clarify ourselves. We'd also uh, like to say, of course, uh, introduce myself, uh, of course, my man in Los Angeles, our podcast announcer. I'm Nate Gosda. And... Running the whole show, uh, podcast producer. I'm Rick Brett Snyder. Thank you very much. And as I said, uh, you know, if you're listening to us, you're probably listening to us through iTunes. If you are, please rate us, review us, uh, subscribe to us, uh, and tell all your friends. You can also do the same thing on the Stitcher app. Uh, you might also find us at fanboyplanet.com directly from the site where we have uh, pages set up. And, uh, while you're there, if you hear about something that uh, you'd like to purchase for yourself and you cannot find it at your local comic book shop or brick-and-mortar store, because we don't just talk about comics, uh, then you can use one of the helpful, handy-dandy Amazon links that are there as well. Uh, we get a small kickback from anything you purchase through Amazon, through our website. And if you're also thinking, well, I'd like to kick over a dollar or two to Fanboy Planet, you can do th- so through a helpful PayPal link. If you have any questions, comments, compliments, commentary criticism of fanboy planet please write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com we got a lot of comics news a lot of movie news a lot of tv news we've been out of the loop for about uh three weeks i think hey, we made before we get going you should explain why you sound a little different than normal right now we are podcasting all from different places around the state of California. That's uh, I'm down in Los Angeles, uh, but not in the same place as Nate Costa. And uh, Rick is back in the usual undisclosed San Jose location of the Brett Cave. And we have a special guest as well tonight who is podcasting, who is joining us from somewhere north of there. We'll say no more than that. But since we got our comics news, our movie news, our television news, it is time is first to bring in our very special guest tonight. We are grateful and honored to have as our guest Eric Larson. Eric. Yes, sir. Hello. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Eric has just joined the, aside from continuing uh, Savage Dragon, uh, I saw you post a cover today that was... Uh, I gotta, I, I gotta wonder if there's been any uh, controversy over that. Um, was there live birth on a, on a cover? And uh, but also you've joined the create. Should we say that? Join the creative team, uh, sharing creative duties now on Spawn. Spawn, yes, yeah, yeah. Lighthearted yeah. comic. The lighthearted uh, rom com yeah, that is Spawn. Spawn, yes. Okay. Lucky hijinks. Yeah, right should here. I say more like you've joined Spawn? Is that better? Spawn. 
Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's all right. No, Mr. Spawn, I brought you to die. Oh, no, we're going to be talking about that probably a little later as well. Uh, so, uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I know that it had been announced a few months back, so it's no surprise to fans, but but what brought you on to this, for those who don't know? Um, Todd uh, asked me to do a film, and because he needed, he needed, he was, uh, his, his guy had, had, uh, Left. I'm not even sure what happened. In all honesty, uh, something happened where the guy who was doing it was no longer doing it. I don't. I don't know if he left in a huff. I don't know if he was shown the door. I am basically just coming in here uninformed in that regard, and I don't really want to know. So, um, uh, but Todd needed a guy, and he had uh, contacted me and wanted to see if I wanted to do a fill-in. And then uh, we sort of got to talking on on that front, and um, I had kind of been one of the dudes that he'd bounced ideas off of over the years, and so it's like it, it's it's though I'd actually thought about it a little bit, and uh, I, I after our initial conversation where I was just going to do a fill in, um, I started thinking, you know what, I, I'd actually like to do this book. For a little bit and uh, kind of make it into something that I, you know, just I thought I had some somewhere I could go with it, some ideas that I had and and things that I wanted to do. So I contacted him about uh, me doing the book on an ongoing basis, and we had a nice conversation, and I, I walked away with an assignment. And how long is that assignment going to be? Do you think? I don't know. So um, at at this of... point, it's kind of indefinite. Un- um, uh, I, I know Todd's kind of hedged his bets and said, you know, six six issues or something. But uh, at, as far as I know, it is an ongoing assignment, and uh, and and like that, I'm 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 working on it as though it's ongoing. So. We'll see, man. But. Uh, <laughs> Uh, things seem to be going pretty well on that, so I guess uh, word word is out somewhat. So sales took a, a jump, so that's always a good thing. Yeah. If it's not too much trouble, could you uh, recreate the conversation you had doing both Todd's accent and yourself? Um, I, I, <laughs> I don't know that I can remember exactly how that went down, so I'm not sure that I can. Nice setup, Nate. <laughs> you, you make it seem as though anyway. I love your Todd impression. That's all. Mm-hmm. All right, I see how it is. I'm like a performing monkey at this point. Already. <laughs> on the show, like five minutes, and already, like, did you do impressions? I I preceded with if it's I, not too much trouble. Good Colleen Duran. I just want to hear it. You do a Colleen Duran? Okay. <laughs> I do not. I was just... And you're talking about really inside joke. I mean, I guess we're living in an age where more people would know what you know what the original sounded like. So I guess comic book... Per- Could you do a Jack Kirby for us? Anyway. Um, what do you think, uh, what kind of, if you could characterize, what kind of energy are you, gonna, are you bringing to Spawn that uh, that 
maybe it, it, it needed, you know, it, what, maybe give us a taste of, of what ideas you're bringing. Cause it's been a, a, honestly a long time since I, since I've read what? an issue of Spawn. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's just true. I think Nate's. Well, um, I kind of thought that the book needed more, um, more kind of action, more stuff going on. And it hasn't really had that. And I also, it's kind of been this thing where it's, it's, kind of been focused an awful lot on his relationship with, with Wanda and, and whining about that. And I thought, you know what, it's kind of time to move on from some of that stuff. And I wanted to really establish more of a, um, a solid rogues gallery for the book, just in general. Um, and, and give him a new kind of, you know, another home base that's not sitting in an alley in dark shadows, brooding, um, probably add to the supporting cast considerably from what it had been. Less boogie, more out. more boogie. Yeah, something. Something you needed uh, something. Will you go back to the image origins at all and have any crossover with the universe that Savage Dragon resides in? Uh, I would imagine that there will be some of that. So, uh, there will, there will be definitely an acknowledgement that there is other stuff out there. Um, and I would like to get a bunch of that in there, but I think cramming it in immediately would just seem a little kind of like, where the hell did this come from? We got Witchblade one issue and... Savage Dragon the next, and there's Super Patriot, and there's... So I kind of want to space it out a little so it's it's not just dogpiling on, on top of everything else. But so you're saying you have a bit of a plan laid out while Todd's saying let's not put all our chickens... Well, I, I, I think Todd's kind of hedging his bets. He sure. doesn't want you know, in, in case the, the two of us are just like... You know, if I'm a di- deadline nightmare, or if if there ends up being some real problems, he's just kind of coming in, going, "Okay, okay, it'll be six issues," because he's had other relationships with other people who then have have uh, fallen apart. So, you know, he doesn't want to have another like, yeah, he, he's gone through a couple writers here in fairly rapid succession. So, uh, you know, I, I could be one of those guys. If I play my cards right. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, uh, you know, how how is it impacting your work on on Savage Dragon, which remains this fantastic long run with really largely you, but now it's, it's, you know, handling two books regularly a month, and then I'm sure you're doing other things as well. Uh, It it hasn't thus far really impacted uh, mess things up too much. Um, there's been times before in the past where I've taken on other stuff. I was doing the defenders for a year. Uh, I did a few issues of Spider-Man. There was a while there that I was writing three books You know, I was writing Aquaman and Nova and Wolverine at the same time while I was still doing Savage Dragon. So I'm capable of stuff. What I, what tends to happen uh, is that my work expands to fill the time I have to do it in. And so if I've got more time, 
then suddenly I'm on Facebook a little bit more, and I'm on Twitter a little bit more, and I'm, you know, mm -hmm. screwing off in some other way uh, and not getting what needs to be done done. And if, I, um, if I've got work and I've got responsibilities and stuff needs to get done, then I do it. So it's all possible. And thus far, it hasn't really changed. It hasn't really messed with things a lot. Uh, although the last issue of Dragon was just a pain in the ass, so that's gonna it's, that's a week later than it ought to be. But that was that was entirely my own stupid fault. Hey Eric, you you mentioned wanting to bring a a rogues gallery out for Spawn. Do you think you'd dip back into the classics like Clown and Violator, or are you thinking about building up a whole new group? Of uh, people? There'll, there'll be some of that too. There'll be some some of the the, the regulars who have been in the book. The, the clown character and the violator have actually been in very, very recently. Um, so I don't know. I don't, I don't think I want to get to them like right away. Uh, but I, what I'd really like to do is, is to be able to go, look, there's this solid 20 guys that we can just can kind of be used and, and thrown around on the book rather than, it's all clown all the time. Yeah. yeah. And, and Todd feel, does Todd agree? With, I mean, well, I assume he's, you know, yeah, he's, edging his bit. he's on board with that because, you know, I, I know that he uh, talks quite a bit, you know, still cross back up that uh, they want to do another, he wants to develop another spawn film. Uh, and so, you know, I'm just wondering, is he looking for that kind of juice again? You know, would you give it that kind of energy that might, help sell it as a hate to use, but there it is intellectual property, transmedia property again. <laughs> that is not my department. So I, <laughs> I'm not gonna, he hasn't mentioned anything like that to me and I'm not just, I'm not going to worry about it. You know, if he wants to go do that, he is certainly entitled to it's his thing and whatever, you know, but that's, that's not nothing that I concern myself with too terribly much. Sorry. <laughs> Don't be. Uh, you're a pure artist, Eric, and that's uh, another reason we uh, enjoy talking to you. <laughs> Besides the inside scoop and gossip that you, know, you tell us off the air. If only the listeners could know the secrets you shared with us. Oh, um, my gosh. There's so many secrets. You, you know, you brought up an interesting point, and I'm just thinking because with social media, you talk about like when you when you have your work expands, you spend sometimes there's an there's a an increase of your presence on Facebook and Twitter. How much in trying to, you know, obviously by coming on the spawn, the sales have gone up. How much of social media really has become part of the job of being a creator? Um, I think you take on as much as you want to take on. I think there's some people who really like the immediacy and the feedback and just being able to go, I'm, I'm opening my mouth and somebody's, and, responding immediately this is awesome um but you know there's certainly tr traditionally has been been guys who didn't say or do much anything and and they can just do their books you know and i, and I think that's fine too i i i can't say for sure who's online or who isn't but there are certainly people whose work that i enjoy that i don't recall seeing actively tweeting or actively on Facebook or at least they're not my friends 
know, but it's like I don't, I don't know. Is I don't think Steve Ditko's out there just going, oh man. <laughs> well, no, because he's still using a, an Apple II. Um, yeah, you know, it's like good for him, you know. And but there, there's certainly there are a lot of guys in the industry. There are a ton of guys. I go, I go and to the store, and there, there are tons and tons and tons of comics, you know. And I, and when you start going to the to the smaller companies and stuff like that, there's probably you know up, upwards of a thousand people doing comics. How many of those are? are on social media and are active and and how much is that helping or not helping their 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 careers i'm not really sure and i don't and i don't know i I mean does somebody go well gee that guy really seems like a a cool guy on twitter i'm gonna go read his comic does that happen much it seems more like it's that that somebody will say something stupid and then they'll be Man, I'm not going to buy your book anymore. I seem to get that a lot. <laughs> My favorite, I've never read your book before, but now I'm really not going to read your book. <laughs> I was wow. once. How do those people even find you if they're not interested in what I you're doing? Don't, I don't know. I think people just kind of hang on, on the on other people's every word it's like you know i didn't ask you to to follow me i didn't i'm not even keeping track of who's following and who's not i i have no idea that guy has a name it's mr internet yeah but they're they're out there somewhere oh they're out there and they they're they want to get make sure you know their opinion damn it (laughs) (laughs) you know good for them God love them. Eric, on a, <laughs> on a nicer note, is, is there a book or, or somebody who, a creator that you absolutely follow, somebody who goes to the top of your read stack whenever something comes out by them? Um, not as much as you'd think. I mean, there are, there are guys usually who's, who's uh, you know, it's like Walt Simonson does a new comic, I'm sure to buy it. Mike Mignola does a new comic, I'm sure to buy it. Uh, Humberto Ramos does a new comic. I'm there. Um, uh, Chris Pacello does a new comic. I'm I'm absolutely there. There are a bunch of guys like that who I'll, I'll follow. I don't necessarily go. I've got to read this 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 second. You know, if Frank Miller started doing another comic, I'd be like, all right, I'm getting that. What can I do? I'm hopeless. Well, I, you've a lot of your time's taken up actually making them. So that's yeah, there's a fair amount. There's there's times actually recently where I I haven't been able to get to the store on a super regular basis. Um, and but and luckily I'm sent all the image stuff. That's kind of part of being one of the guys who owns the company. Is I get copies of all that. So that's cool because then I then you know all that stuff. I I always. Uh, read Walking Dead before it hits the stands, and I always uh, read Invincible before anybody sees that. Um, so there's a, there's a fair amount of that that goes on too, where people are just kind of sharing with each other before it sees print. I, I usually read those in JPEG form. Is there is there any? I mean, I, 
I feel like asking it's going to put you on the spot, but is there anything, because there's been a lot of new stuff from Image, new experimental daring titles, you know, is there any that just really sticks out in your mind as, my God, I'm so glad we're publishing that? God, there's actually, <laughs> I, the problem is that I won't remember all the names, and I really, I, I wish my, my, my box of stuff were a little bit closer because I just <laughs> rummage through there and just go, wow, there's this and this and this and this and this. Um, but yes, yes, there is. <laughs> <laughs> I have this image of you like chained to a chair right now, just trying uh, to reach no, it. It's I'm right out of reach. I'm in the office with nothing around me and I'm like, where's <laughs> this list I can refer to so that I can go? You know, but it's like you know that, that Scotty Young is doing a book and we're publishing. I hate like, well, that Fairyland. is awesome. You know, um, what is it? I hate Fairyland. Yeah, yeah. As another title, but uh, that's not friendly for your audience. So, well, our audience is every you know. It's yes. We don't read the books aloud to the audience, but we <laughs> right. That's, that would be that would be wrong. Um, we let them choose for themselves. Yeah, yeah, but like new stuff will come out, and I'll be like, "All right, this is this is cool," and it's it's awesome. Like, and I I I love it. it. It really is an amazing time for Image Comics. I mean, it's, there's just so much good stuff coming out. It's really it it hurts not to buy it all. But it's, yeah, no, it's it's. I, I must say, this is the best it's been in terms of being on the comp list. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, look at all this cool stuff, and I don't have to pay for any of it. Yeah, so that's that's one of the perks. So if you uh, if you want free comics, become a become one of the founders of Image Comics. That's all I got to say. Damn, it's a little late. It's a little late. I know our whole plan for world domination. <sighs> that's your time machine scheme. That's right, right there. Up. Yes. Yep. Not to like you know stop World War Two or anything, but no. to you know make sure Freak I can. Out. Out. So, I know. Uh, so you used to do, used to go to Oscars and draw there. Yes. Have you found a regular spot yet, or are you still kind of floating? No, I'm floating, and it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I was just at uh, Cafe Lila today in Berkeley. And so it's like, yeah, this is that's that's not the same. Just hanging out with a bunch of Berkeley hippies. It's like, yeah, oh boy, here's some fun. And Nate, you have the you have the Oscars uh, limited edition cover, right? Oh yes, I have two of those. Wow, man, that's pretty good. I had to send. Uh, Can you explain those to for our audience's sake? Well, Eric frequented Oscars. Oscars was going to close at the end of the summer. It was a burger place in, in yeah, Berkeley, it was right? a burger place in beautiful Berkeley, California. And so you did a, a variant that they could sell at the counter. And I'm obviously down in LA now, and I couldn't get up there. And I wanted to send my brother over, but he was being a turd and couldn't travel all the hey, way hey, hey. from San Francisco. He was negotiating a. a, a Wait a minute! Your brother thing. lives in San Francisco. Yeah, he lives there now. Oh man! See, see, I, that's where I live. I know. That's where I actually live. You could have been. You, like, you guys are neighbors. Is there some way he could just drop by the house? And <laughs> just get some comic books because 
Yeah. Well, wow. I ended up sending a, a, a co-worker of mine was going up to the Bay Area for a Raider game. He's from Alameda. A former college classmate of mine lives in San Francisco now and was going to be in Berkeley. So the guy that was going to be in Berkeley from college went to Oscars, ate, grabbed two comics, and then met the co-worker who was going to dinner in San Francisco at the restaurant, exchanged the comics, co-worker brought them back to work. There you go. Oh, man. that's uh, Thanks for going the extra mile. Hey, I don't give up easily. <laughs> or at least your friends don't. Crazily enough, uh, I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a burger place, and you wouldn't think, you know, I, I was kind of curious, how many copies of this stupid thing are they going to even be able to move? I mean, they're not, they weren't there that long, and then, and then they're going to be gone. And they, they managed to move 650 copies. Wow. Of the issue of Savage Dragon from their, from their little place there. And did those convert into burger sales, too? Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure how that. I, I don't know how many of those people would would have been coming in otherwise. Or we have to know if this is a, a good marketing strategy for. <laughs> Maybe McDonald's could use the help. Uh, in 2016, on the convention circuit, Eric, where can Nate go to get those covers signed? Oh man, that's a good question. I have no idea. <laughs> Nowhere near me. Nowhere near you. That's for sure. <laughs> Not within 500 feet. You are SOL, my friend. Are you going to go to Silicon Valley Comic Con? Because, Nate, then I could nobody, come down nobody get the covers. That. People, here's what has to go on. People actually have to to contact me and 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 say, hey, man, we'll, we'll play, pay for your airfare. We'll, we'll fly up here. We'll do the whole nine yards. We'll do that. Otherwise, forget it. It just, it's just really a lot of it is is cost prohibitive to to spend money and go and and do these conventions. It just it's expensive, you know. It's like hotel and travel and and all that. Uh, so the closest I'll be for sure is that big wow thing. That's, yeah, that's now the Silicon Valley Comic Con. Is that what it is now? It's called yeah. what now? Well, it's called the Silicon Valley Comic Con, but Big Wow Comic Fest is like in the middle of it. They say it's a, it's a pavilion in the middle of the, the larger event. Uh, so, all right. So we'll see you there. That's good. Okay. So there so, you go. So, Nate, uh, we'll make sure there's an exchange, and I'll make sure those get signed for you. Wonderful. If you don't come up to Silicon Valley. So. Well, I will be up there uh, around Christmas. Uh, well, I think Eric did invite you over to his house, so maybe you can just sure, man. Just drop on by. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, don't bring a fruitcake, and you're welcome. Oh, never! I'll bring. Uh, I if I was to bring then. a cake, I would bring a Dick's burnt almond. Whoa. All right, all right. Yeah, he sounds. He sounds tempted, intrigued by this. I don't, I don't even know what that is. Oh my god! Oh, it's good. It's nod just, and say, "Oh, okay." It's a it's a San Jose favorite. Yeah, it's the San Jose treat. It is the it is. cake equivalent of a Fred's chicken sandwich. Wow, that's 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 that, those are big words, my friend. <laughs> I know, especially before Eric's had his dinner. So, 
I want to say, Eric, thank you so much for joining us tonight. And uh, and I do know that uh, dinner is is on its way for you. So uh, thanks for taking the time, and uh, we really appreciate having you. Uh, you are very welcome. All right. Once again, thank you to Eric Larson. And now we get uh, we have a secondary top story this week, uh, which I think Rick, you're gonna have to really fill in because I've been kind of out of touch on the video games. Other than my Facebook feed is full of people playing Star Wars Battlefront. Yeah. But that's not what we're talking about tonight. No. You said there's news in the Xbox world. Yeah, well, the Xbox, uh, one of the things about Xbox, and it has been for a lot longer than any of the other competitive high-end consoles, is that they've had a like a community center on the console where you're plugged in and you end up in this, uh, this space. Um, that'll advertise new games. It'll tell you what your friends are doing with the Xbox uh, One. There was integration with your home, uh, your home television, and and what was on TV and all that other good stuff. And so that UI changes every now and then as they decide to make it better or to shift to to take advantage of some new technology that they're putting in there. And we got a new drop of an Xbox UI this week, and it actually. Um, I'm going to say something, and then I'm going to I'm going to react. I'm going to get some get around some negativity about it, which is it actually has a Metro feel, which is Metro was the new tile display for Windows 8 and now Windows 10, um, mm. but much more along the lines of Windows 10, where it's toned down and it's not you know, it's not. Uh, it's still not. It's, the, it's not like a desktop for a computer, but it's it's a pain. Navigable. Yeah. Well, you you can you know if I'm sure you've seen the Sony one, which is that crosshairs thing that moves across and you lose track of where you are in any kind of situation. That's on PS4. That's right? on PS3 I, and PS4 and all their handheld devices. Oh no, and, it's not on PS3. I I don't have the crosshair thing. On okay, that. it's 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 definitely on most of their their. Uh, DVD and and Blu-ray players, and mm, they, okay. they they do that kind of like columns that, and that you navigate you navigate between columns and you navigate up and down those columns. Oh yes, no, that it is. I didn't think of it as crosshair. Yeah, yeah it's not the my DVD player is not good. Yeah. So the um the Xbox is much more looking like looking at a the front page of a website where there's a lot of blocks of things that you could do, click on, move to, and stuff. And of course. It's all integrated with the um, if you have the uh, uh, the motion sensor, the Connect. Um, you mm-hmm. can you can do voice commands for most of this stuff, or you can just use the controller to move about. So that was kind of cool that it, that this all came out. It's it's uh, it's integrated with a lot of playback stuff. So in the middle of the game, if you like something that just happened, you can you can interrupt the game and tell Xbox to save that clip off that you can share it with your friends then and stuff like it's it's uh really integrated um but this is a really it's a very very nice very responsive um responsive new ui so and that's uh that's that came out just after halo 5 and uh what's the other uh, you mentioned battlefront and fallout 4 is coming out this week fallout 4 did come out yeah yeah came it out came out tuesday, tuesday. um yeah, we're we're thinking about getting Fallout Four because if you buy it digitally on the Xbox, you get Fallout Three as well. You get it. You can you get the digital download of of both of them for the same price. So 
We haven't I done see. that yet. I've got I too see. much work to do. But but weren't you saying that this now that there's a backward compatibility? Yes, along with I'd that. I'd say that's the selling point. Thanks for reminding me. That's that that was that was that's the buried second the lead, damn it. That was All the right, shoe yeah. dropping after the, the the second shoe dropping. Um now Xbox when it originally came out when it was originally Xbox, a big black brick of a thing. Um there were a lot of games came out and people had a collection of it and then when Xbox 360 came out, they had an immediate backwards compatibility story where there were a number of games that could play on the Xbox 360. And what would happen is you put the game in, it would download patches and such that would make the game compatible with the 360. And they would every now and then release a new list of older games that you can now play on the 360. When the Xbox One came out, they said no compatibility. Nothing. Not going to happen. Uh, they said if it does happen, it'll happen strictly in the digital download. There'll be a new version that you can buy. And nobody was really happy about this, but at the same time, if you had an Xbox uh, in it, you could still keep that. I mean, if you had an Xbox 360, you could still keep that hooked up, and we actually mm-hmm. in our living room have both of them hooked up. Right. I this, week, yeah. this week, they came out with an, an immense list of games that are now compatible. Xbox 360 games are now compatible with the Xbox One. And, you know, things like all of the Gears of War stuff. Um, there's a tremendous list. Uh, very, very cool. And they say they're going to be making more of these available. And these, again, are available both if you have the disc, you put it in, it's going to get a patch. Um, or if you buy it, dig- you can buy a lot of these digitally online. And I had my experience with this was I went back in and I found a bunch of games that I'd bought on the 360 were now available to me on the Xbox One. And so I was able to load one of them up, and there it was there. Not only was it there, my last saved game was right there too. Nice. So I just picked right up and was playing. It was It's a silly ball-throwing game called Zuma, uh, but it's totally addictive. Okay. Uh, um, you know, because you talk, we talked about uh, the last podcast we did was you talked about Halo 5, and we just mentioned... Uh, Fallout Four is coming. It comes out, came out this week, and then you got this. There's a tempting deal that you can go back to to three. We, you know, we talk in comics all the time about having like a jumping on point. Yeah. In a in books and stories. So you know, when we're seeing games having these sequels, like the one of the reasons that backward compatibility matters to me, there's a continuity. And like one of the things that more simple game that I enjoy playing is the like the Lego Batman series actually has a storyline that goes from Batman forward, but you can't always get it in the you know you've got to have your back in battle because they haven't ported that first game to the next level. So I mean, how do you feel about that with things like which admittedly are probably much more complex games than than I liked it because I don't have time to devote to. Um, things like Fallout 4, do you feel like this urge, like you got to go back and play the original Fallout, you got to play Fallout 2. If you're playing Halo 5, can you enjoy it as much if you didn't play Halo 2 or get in from the very beginning? Well, there's always there's always that attempt on the part of the game manufacturer because they, they don't want people not buying the game because they haven't bought the previous ones and they don't make that much money on the previous ones that have been marked down to their available used or whatever. Um there's two things about about your question. For example, um, when we talk about Halo, yeah, it's a it's a place where you could jump on. It's a it's a brand new storyline. You you get a bit of the Master Chief backstory in it, and it's you know you you don't have to know that he's a super he's a 
is a he's a big hero, save the universe type hero, um, who is now being chased by some of his own across the universe because he's disobeying orders. Um so yeah, you could jump you could jump in right now and Halo Halo five is really cool. It's got the same kind of point of view changing that the previous ones have. So you could even go and play the backstories to it. The one thing that might be a little bit confusing about it is if you've gone through all the prior Halos, you've been introduced to all each one had introduced a major race that was mm-hmm. that was part of what you had to deal with. So in Halo five they're all there. So it's a little bit it might be a little bit overwhelming to have to play against all these at the same time, but at the same same time, you know, overwhelming is to some people what what uh what normal is to other um but it's also a good time if you do want to do those backstories for Halo and I'm I I think Halo is the flagship game for Xbox uh because um uh, a couple of months ago they came out with a a disc that had all five of the previous Halo games plus a couple of the side games if I remember correctly all mm-hmm. done all brought forward to Xbox 1 so these were games that, okay. that hadn't really been playable on Xbox One for a while, and now you can get for the price of two games, you can get all, um, right, all five of the uh, Halo games. So you know, there's no which reason. regular listeners know. Yeah, you you mentioned that. I, mean, I know you, we talked it at length about that on the last podcast yeah. that we did, but you know that was three weeks ago. And again, thanks listeners for sticking with in that gap uh, for a variety of reasons, had to take an extra week off, but uh, glad to be back. So let's talk uh, comics then. Uh, I'm still go back to Rick here. Cause you talk about AMC. I moved this up a little bit. AMC comics online. There we go. You're the digital comics expert. Um, so yeah, what is this on AMC.com? Yeah, it's on their website and you can go in there and and uh get uh the uh uh comics for Into the Badlands, Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, uh Washington the uh Turn story, the Washington Spies stuff. Um and How come they don't have Walking Dead? Because it's something because there probably already is a comic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I thought this was this was really kind of awesome because I don't know if they're going to continue this. It's like I read through um, I read through into the Badlands that one, and it could which be. hasn't started yet, right? They haven't no, shown it. they had the first episode this past Sunday. That's why I put oh, it, it was the, okay. I put the I put it on the list for TV, <laughs> um, but. Uh, I knew it was coming. I didn't realize it had started. So. Yeah, so the um, I think it's a great marketing strategy, and it's it's really kind of cool because it's a recognition of what another medium can introduce you to a a, a property that you're going to watch on television. I would love to see, and I, I don't know if anybody tracks these. Like, how does it translate? Is it equivalent? And I'm assuming that all these are free. You just go onto the website and can read them for free, right? I think so. I can't re- quite recall. I should look this up. I mean, because they're marketing, they're marketing moves, and I and I agree with you there. It's a for people like us that really love comics as a medium in the first place. I mean, granted, we probably watch all these shows regardless. Eventually, I you know some of them are on my uh, retirement list. When I retire, I get to catch up on these things. Yeah, so. Um, but I would love to see like what translates. Who was coming in and reading these comics first? 
in watching the show. I, I think it's probably almost impossible to track, but it's on my mind a lot about, you know, the, as I, I said to Eric, uh, you know, the transmedia thing, uh, are these audiences crossing over? Uh, I would assume somebody reading the comics is somebody watching the TV show, but is it, is it making either audience grow larger for the other media? Yeah. We probably have no good answer to that, but maybe somebody listening does know that there are stats somewhere. I, I don't know. Yeah, but, I, I I just went to the site again, and yeah, they were free. I should remember that. I would remember if I'd paid for it. They're they're. <laughs> That's how completely. Re- <laughs> you just don't care about money right now. Your house is warmed by burning dollar bills, isn't it? Yeah, so. burning old comics. I think. Um, <laughs> Worth sadly, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's it's not not quite the same experience as you get from um, like a Marvel digital book where you can zo- you can automatically mm-hmm. zoom in and it follows and stuff. It's more like a PDF style of, of comic, but still they're there and they're they're pretty good quality for free. I mean, go for it. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Uh, and here it was. Uh, you know, the last time that we podcast, we were talking about how uh, there had been. I think it was in Forbes, maybe it was Business Insider, talking about how we how the most popular comic in the world is not Marvel, it is not a DC, it is it is what we would call a manga, which is Attack on Titan, at a distribution of about sixty five million worldwide, and. So here's another one where I see this week that Marvel made a move uh, to bring their global outreach, if you will, uh, a little more uh, common, is that apparently they've been licensing characters to Korea, to a South Korean studio, and doing what, uh, i got to make sure I pronounce this right, I probably don't, probably won't, Manwa rather than manga, if it's in Korea, it's manhwa, M-A-N-W-H-A. Uh, and they're going to start translating those into Ameri- into English. American, boy, I just sounded like an American saying that. American, them into English. American. it's going to be American. It's going to be American, with uh, the first one being uh, Avengers versus Ultron. Uh, so, uh, they're calling it Marvel K. Uh so I'm wondering if, you know, this is a move on their part to see, like, what I, again, another thing that I would love to find out. Now, I've seen American comics translated into Japanese. I haven't seen them translated into Korean, but mainly because I, I, I don't know anybody who's gone to Korea and brought me back a comic. Um, so, you know, I've seen it translated that way, but I, I don't know how much impact they have. If they're licensing and having them basically localized by uh, local creators in other countries, is it more likely that uh, that American readers will pick up the manhwa or the manga than uh, than manhwa readers or, or or manga readers will pick up American style comics? You know, in order to have that breakthrough, does do these characters have to be? Does the Ultron saga have to be? Uh, if you talk about worldwide penetration, does it have to be uh, done by South Koreans? That's an interesting question. I, I think that we're getting we're getting brickish enough that uh, that people aren't aren't starting to care as much as whether or not the story is good. And for for me, for Marvel, one of the questions is: Are they going to have a continuity that that is anything like the continuity you have within a Marvel universe? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, because I a few years ago there had been a Marvel manga. Uh, well, line, Spider-Man, but I think, they? but I think there was Spider-Man. There was, uh, I think there was an Avengers. There was, I know there was Wolverine. Um, yeah. 
but I think they were done by American creators, uh, you know, kind of like it, it was, well, you know, I'll call it spade a spade. It was a cynical marketing move to take these characters and sell them to American manga readers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, uh, it wasn't stuff that had been licensed out to Japanese studios and brought back. So, uh, you know, I, I think spider manga did show up cause they all did right in spider verse. Uh, so, yeah. And, and, and so, you well, know, the spider, it, one, the Spider-Man one was a long time ago, like maybe 20 years ago that they had done a, they'd done one. Cause I think that when he was in the spider verse, he was kind of crudely drawn. There were two. Yeah. There's an old one like it, like in the in the seventies when they did right. uh, the television series with Leopardon, right, 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 the giant robot, and I, so so, and both of those versions appeared, and I think that's what you're referring to. I think yeah. there was another one. I mean, I know sometimes I look back as I'm occasionally porting some articles over to the new version, and saying like, "Wow, it's been that long since." Yeah, I said twenty know. years ago, so I didn't feel quite so old. It's more I like, no, no, no. It's but more I, like I, think 40. The, I think the manga I'm talking about is still, and it doesn't make it any better. Only 15 years ago, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it's still, uh, it was like near the beginning of of Fanboy Planet. So um, I don't know, know, looking, but I realized... looking at the Avengers stuff, it it reminded me a lot of those. I think there were like four volumes of Star Trek. There were two of the tr- original series mm-hmm. and two of the the Next Generation that were uh, manga. Yeah. Done, done in uh, kind of gallery books, right? And, and and Marvel is releasing these as trade paperbacks. Uh, yeah, you know, and so it, it's a complete. There's going to be four. They announced the first one being uh, Avengers vs Ultron, and uh, and they didn't announce what the last three are. I don't know if they're all Avengers books. If it's all going to be things that are Marvel movie universe related that they wanted to get a deeper penetration with. Well, I have no idea. I understand but, that this one, Ultron wins, and then all the books are about Ultron from then on. Oh, it's sort of like, uh, well, if only Ultron had had that plan happen. Was that ultimately Age of Ultron? Um, Age of Ultron in Korea. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we're still a couple of weeks away, but it has been in the news all over the place that Valiant uh, is releasing... I don't mean to chuckle because I think she's a great character. Um, I shouldn't say created by Josh Dysart, but um, Valiant is releasing Faith, who is a character that was a a holdover from the first time that Valiant existed as a comic book company with Harbinger. Uh, And I think let's, let's both think back. I don't think Nate, you hadn't read Valiant the first time around, right? No, I was a hardcore image fanboy while, while Valiant was happening. Um, But I I think, Rick, I remember having some conversations where uh, you you had as well. But I have to think really hard back. I mean, I enjoyed Harbinger the first time around. I think Faith was a member. She was already, you know, she was in that incarnation, uh, somewhat overweight teen uh, with flying powers. Um, Oh, I have a vague recollection. Yeah, I mean, it's like all the characters were sort of there in Harbinger. I really think what Valiant's been doing in this revival has been has been really great, and I I lay a lot of the credit of that to the feet of Josh Dysart, who uh, you know he may not be the most popular writer among fans, but I think he's one of the most important writers we have in comics for really injecting social issues in a very entertaining way, but he's very thought provoking, not mind blowing like a, like a fantasy story, but he really takes real world concerns 
both large and and small, uh, and, and injects them into his writing. And Harbinger is is like if the X Men was not about melodrama and soap opera, but really about you know it, what it would really be like if a teen developed powers. I love I love this. I'm looking at this online right now, and I love this because of two things. One, um, she's she is an overweight teen. Her body yeah. her body type is not the standard superhero body type. She's very realistic. No, and, and I devour three uh, three trade paperbacks. I mean, I've gone through like you know eighteen issues in, in a you know in, in a week's time after WonderCon last year because I picked these up and they're tremendous as a team book. I'm so looking forward to reselling. We'll go ahead. Continue. But, but the other point. the other sec- second part is I'm looking at a, f- a, a, a what I'm assuming is a cover at least a poster of her face looking out at the out of the reader and it's valuing up in the corner Harbinger September and it, and the subtitle of it is How are you different? And I'm just this is just going to speak to to teens and teen girls and you know probably teen boys as well um, about all the things that make them so stressed out and we need we need them to to understand that they're not alone they're not different they're not and and, and that's been going on in Harbinger for now almost what three years since Valiant um, revived so yeah. Uh, if you if you haven't gone back to this listeners and I say this to Rick as well if you haven't gone back and picked those up uh, which I think I think they're on comicsology and I know you know that's a that's a you fast know, and easy way I uh, hadn't picked it up because and I hadn't had any kind of, I hadn't brought this up as any kind of argument because you were enjoying it so much but when I remember reading Harbinger in the first incarnation it got to be kind of to me it was kind of tedious that it was them always running away from whatever threat was going on right right no, no I it agree was with that. it was That's... like it was like runaways but it didn't for me have the same kind of charm as runaways did eventually later you on. you did bring it back bring it up that, at that did point. i okay yeah because i hadn't started reading it i just started reading it this past yeah uh after Con at, at WonderCon. We had talked about the revival, and we brought up those points then. That yeah. Yes, it got tedious. That's one reason that Valiant, I think, faded. It became so, uh, it became so repetitive, and uh, I really think that that they had a strategy much better planned out here. But just, I want to say, the revival of Faith as a character is she's a girl who enjoys fanfic. She's a girl who watches Buffy, and you know, watches Castle, and and all these things uh, where. You know, Josh recognized that, you know, this is the American teen. This is the reality. She's, she feels very real before she even develops her powers. Yeah. And, and that she goes into it and, you know, it, and is so excited. You know, she's, she's, I think, the one of the characters everybody else sees as a curse. She's that character who gets to embrace. I've always felt different. And now I am different in such a good way. You know, and and it's so it's it's definitely you know image accepting. Uh, I really look forward to you know. I I just think you know it's 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 a very inclusive concept, as is everything in that book, uh, everything in the Valiant universe. I have not read a dud yet, so I, I'm woefully behind on some of their titles. But um, I, I, I need and I need to catch up because they're in the midst of a huge huge crossover and bringing back characters that I was that I was interested in the, the last time around. Or I should say second last time around because I think there was a like a late nineties, early aughts revival too that we all kind of just ignored. Um, 
But yeah. it's it's been a great revival of a company, obviously, and Sony is planning to turn. And Faith is going to be front and center in the Sony film adaptations. Great. Be, you Excellent. know, so I, I, I just, there has been, hate to say it, you know, you can go on the message boards and you can see the haters. And I, again, I shall make a flag of Drew Campbell's statement, get out of my fandom. You know, it's just, I think we give Drew Campbell credit for that with Star Wars. And I don't say it too. It's like the time to be a bigot, the time to be rude, it's over. And I'm, I'm really happy to see this book coming. And that she's getting a solo book, rather. Um, I have been in contact. We just recently had a, a convention that I don't think any of us were able to make uh, in our backyard. The Some Campbell of our friends Con. were there. Well, our friends were there, Jason, uh, Jason Salazar, Andrew Campbell. Uh, but I was in contact with the people, and so I, I get to say we can announce that uh, the next Campbell Con, because this last one they deemed very successful, they uh, will, will be October 29th, 2016. So uh, we got that, but they also, the same company, uh, said, and, and they'll be very happy to talk to us after the holidays as it gets closer, uh, that they're doing Colossus Con in Merced, California, kind of a central California area. Yeah. Uh, and they already have some, uh, some guests announced. And I just want to see if this sends chills down your, down your spine. There is a bit of a Buck Rogers reunion. Uh-oh. Both Gil Gerard and Felix Sia, a.k.a. Twicky, Twicky. will be appearing in Merced at Colossus Gone. On on September seventeenth, two thousand sixteen. Why not the triad? Uh, I, I don't know where Aaron Graysby. I wouldn't be surprised if she joins in. I actually I think that Aaron uh, handles skills. I talk like I really know them well, but I had spoken to her a couple of years ago that she runs kind of a booking agency. I think she handles Gill's uh, Gil Gerard's convention appearances. So if she could be there, she would be there. That would be cool. Also. Also interesting, Jimmy Hunt. I don't know if that name means a thing. It didn't to me until I go, oh, yeah, the child star of the original Invaders from Mars will be there. Wow. Which is just a very cool thing. Let's see who else. Uh, yeah, Mark Batcher. Some, some of the of the often uh, local, you know, the, the Northern California local people. Um, and I'm sure this list is only going to grow. Because, you know, it's like, here it is, this is November. We're talking next September in in Merced. Uh, you know, so I, I, we will be talking to them again because I, I did hear good things about the uh, about the Campbell Con. Like I said, unfortunately, it was just a, a bad weekend for, for, for any of us to go. But um, we do want to promote local shows, small shows like this where it's just a few people. So, you know, there's you get a chance to talk, you get a chance to, to, to see people. And, and as far as I can tell at these point, these are just one day shows. And so it's not like, you know, you make your plans for a convention and as often happens with us, you know, it's, it's taking up a whole weekend. It's taking up this huge chunk of time. This is not just a few hours, pleasant time, a diversion. So we're all for these local shows and, and good luck to ColossusCon. And we'll talk about it again in a couple of months. Um, so, uh, it's time to turn to the usual feature in comics. <clears throat> what feature Makes, could that be? The one where you sing, sort of. What's in the bag? What's in the bag? 
again, I got hardly wait for Mary Jane to take over that role. I'm Mary waiting Jane for her to sing that. that. She's laughing. Did she? She's going to sing that song. You want to All right. Jane? Come here. Let's see if she'll talk for us. Say what's in the bag, Mary Jane. Nothing. Can you hear her huffing and puffing? I can't hear that. Say what's in the bag. No, nothing. She will not be our trained monkey. Eric Larson will be, but Mary Jane will not. So, <laughs> so uh, Nate, I know we we talked a little earlier today, and you said you haven't had a chance to get to the store. But is there a recommendation today that you would like people to pay attention to? Yeah, absolutely. All righty. Let me just go into my handy notes and recall what it was today. There were four books that came out today that I would have purchased. All right. And it's hard to pick. Are there any first issues among them? Or no, first, no first issues. There is a third issue, a 12th issue, an 18th issue, and a 125th issue. Let's go with that third issue. <laughs> the third issue is the Superman Earth One graphic novel. Oh. Part three. Part three. Part three came out today? According to the uh, Lone Star Comics website, yes, it did. Okay, I did not see it at Earth 2. So this is the graphic so, novel. Right. Right. Was this Earth one? One's, was, yeah. The previous ones were individual issues first, weren't they? Or at least the first no, one. No, was. no. No, they're, they're all, all the hardcover Earth I 1 The first one came out as individual nope. issues first. Nope. Hmm. Okay. Nope. Because they're all designed to be bookstore sales. I'm sorry. You know what that is, Nate? Is that's that's the paperback version of the third of the one hardcover. of the third one? Yeah, I have the, the third, third one, one came out a long time ago in hardcover. Yes, but it's right. good to know the soft cover is available because scratch that choice. They are great. They are great. I've got I'm going to go with the 125th right issue of Invincible. Okay, that's my book. All right, and it's and it's one of Eric Larson's books as well. So that's good. right. Eric Larson and I have very similar tastes in comics. <laughs> it, it is true. It is. He true. may be a bit more talented on the art side. I've never seen him draw. I don't know. <laughs> I can tell you, he's okay. way more talented on the art side. I have a vague recollection of having seen Nate draw. Or really? He drew. I thought you drew something on white. No. No. Probably okay. not. Okay. Maybe it was my brother, Ben. We look very similar. Yeah, you do. <laughs> sure. Uh, Did we get to talk about that? We should mention, you know, that Ben got a book deal? I don't think... I think Did we mentioned it, but let's go ahead and do it again. I, I think we did, because it's worth mentioning. Because yeah, I just don't remember uh, if we talked about it on the live... I know I, I, I know I posted it on Family at Planet. At least it was on Facebook, yeah. And yeah. Uh, but Ricky and Stitch and the Gelatinous Goo... Yeah, uh, is going with from Harper. Was that it? The yep, Harper, Harper Press. Yeah, a trilogy of books. And uh, speaking of family friendly, I just I'm so excited because I just think that's one of those books that you know once it gets there, it's going to be a perennial favorite for kids to read. I and hope so. Story of a I, skeleton and his gelatin, gelatinous goo. A skeletal minstrel. Yeah. Well, searching for clues to his past. Oh, it's delightful. So it's, it's rickety stitch and the gelatinous goo. 
So, you know, anybody who are fans in particular of Bone, because it just came up with one of my young cousins this last weekend, uh, talked about uh, how Bone is, his, is the only comic book that he enjoyed reading. Uh, I have to educate the child, but, uh, you know, he, <laughs> cause he said, I don't like comics, but I, I, I thought Bone was pretty good. So, okay, good. I love Bone. We shall find other things that will make you like comics. <laughs> but uh, I, I really think that it falls in that, you know, that same category of fun and mystery and, and luring kids into, into deeper, more complex themes. So I I'm, wonder so. if these books coming out will make the origin stories of Rickety Stitch and formerly the Gelatinous Cube, now the Gelatinous Goo, that were printed in the Northridge uh, CSU Northridge paper. Undoubtable, undoubtable shoot up in value. Absolutely, collectors' items. Yeah. Let's check eBay now. Um, yeah. Let's check eBay after this podcast drops. Let's do that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> if there is suddenly a, 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 an uptick, excellent. Uh, Rick, what would be on yours? Okay, so the first I've I've only got three. The the um, the first would be. Star Wars Vader Down, which I'm both excited and a little nauseated by this. Um, first off, the idea that since they have a Star Wars title for this, they they're, this is the first issue in a crossover. Um, this is a number one issue. It's Star Wars Vader Down issue one. Right, yeah. Um, which leads into part two is in Star Wars Darth Vader number 13. And then Star Wars 13, then Darth Vader 14, then Star Wars 14, and then finishes in Darth Vader 15. And from what I've been able to tell, I haven't, I haven't sat down and read it all the way through. I've flipped through it a bit. It looks to be in directly in the continuity and timeline already established in Darth Vader. So we're picking up. Right. So this, this is just an, a side book that's a number one with the title Vader down to get people yeah. to get into the series. Um and it's and as we know. Uh, well, it, I I think it's actually kind of a problem for people who might have pick lists that didn't necessarily call this one out. So this I this if anything in this series is going to be shorted against against people who actually want to buy it and people who might hear about it and pick it up as a number one, this is probably the one to do it. But I on the other hand, this is the one series I don't think anybody is any. Comic ser- comic owner, comic shop Reader. owner, is right. shorting themselves on. They're, this is selling so good. They go into second and third printings, and mm-hmm. um, so uh, this is. Uh, and uh, but you know, it's it's again, just like all the rest of the series, it's excellent, excellent art. Um, the action is so Star Wars, and this will undoubtedly finish up. Well, I'll probably finish up after the movie. The uh, I think so. Yeah, comes I, out. I, I don't think yeah. unless they go to bi-weekly again, like they did with Shattered Empire. But even then, yeah. I think you're right. I don't think there's enough time for the whole thing to be finished. Yeah, we got two cycles of or uh, three cycles of two magazines to go through. But uh, I'll be honest, so, uh, I, I've been catching up on Darth Vader because it showed up on Digital Comics Unlimited, and I'm so impressed. Isn't that a great storyline? With the quality and it and it's like okay, so you you got rid of the expanded universe, and then elements are creeping back in, but it's a new expanded universe. I mean, it, it's yeah. 
it's it's fun. It's it's just they're they're all good books. So it's it's irritating that it is you know it is creating its own universe of comics as well. When I really need to be cutting books down, they they so <laughs> masterfully handled the situation where Vader learns that he has a son, but yeah. due to due to a phrasing, doesn't understand that he has a daughter too. And yeah. I, that was just—it's just everything so is well, well written. Just, everything is well handled, and I yeah. love the supporting characters they introduced. It's it's great. Um, a uh, a buddy of mine on Facebook posted. I'm assuming this is a single panel uh, from the book where it's a bunch of rebel pilots floating dead in space. Yeah, and he said, "Reading Star Wars Vader down number one. When will the rebels learn that of all things, Vader excels at piloting? Don't f with Vader." <laughs> And that, don't that, know is, Anakin. that is a particularly <laughs> striking double page spread. Is that what that is? Yeah, it's a it's a two page spread. It's just nice. amazing. All right, um, so I'll go uh, top of my of my stack. This is a very small stack because I, I I went to Earth Two because I'm in Los Angeles tonight. Uh, I went to Earth Two in in Sherman Oaks and not to Elusive where I normally shop. So I didn't buy anything that would normally be on my pool list. And I know that I have Vader down waiting for me there in Santa Clara. Uh, but my top pick, and I can't imagine anything topping it right now, and I'm surprised, is an image book, is uh, Huck by Mark Miller, who I often leaves me a little bit cold, uh, and Raphael Albuquerque is does the art, and uh, it is it is of all things Mark Miller, who I th- think is tends to be very cynical in his work. It is his response to Man of Steel. He has said in interviews because he's grown tired of the antihero the and movie, creating. Yes, yes, the movie that he's grown tired of the antihero, which I believe he's done as much to popularize as anybody else. Um, but this is about uh, an, uh, a small town man with uh, superpowers who just keeps his. Everybody in the town knows he has the powers. He was an orphan left at the steps of an orphanage as a baby, uh, and they basically instilled upon him the all-American values. This is what's missing from Man of Steel. The all-American values just do good deeds. And so he makes a list, and every day he does one good deed in addition to all his regular work. Uh, He's like, somebody derisively calls him the slow guy who works at the gas station. Uh, But that allows him the freedom to go and take care of, you know, just those little small kindnesses that people don't have. Uh, And uh, I actually reviewed it on on the, the site, and so it's, if Frank Capra made a superhero movie, at least this first issue is pointing to this would be it. And it has already been picked up option for a television series, um, which I, I almost I would rather see a movie. I, I don't necessarily want this story to, to keep going, but uh, I'm really, really excited about the miniseries. So, yeah, you were so you were convincing to me. I went out and bought it today. I'm. <laughs> I, I'm Excellent. and I'm really trying to cut back, but that just sounded too good to be true. But it's true, unless he twists. You know, that's the problem. That's my fear. Is I've there have been series I picked up by Mark Miller where then in the second or third issue he just guts me. Um, you know, but Starlight ended well. You know, I I really love Starlight, so I'm hoping that this is a, a, a trend that Mark Miller is leading the way in, you know, restoring real heroism and kindness to, yeah. uh, Starlight was one of those, those end cap stories that you wish you had for almost every one of the heroes 
that you grew up with and there are no more stories yeah. for. Yeah. 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 So anyway, uh, Nate, do you have any, any others? I know originally I'd said, uh, you know, just let's just do one, but I realized, you know, we're, we're going to do our, our gift guide next week. So, uh, you know, there's a little more space. Yes. My other books were, or would have been, Big Trouble in China, number 18. Little China, number 18. Yes. Okay. Or is it now just China? It's little. I don't know. I haven't been. I'm not caught up. I'm way behind, guys. I haven't been to the comic shop since the first week in October. You're going to have a big support. Yeah. (laughs) Our gift guide for Nate is, will people please take him to the store and buy him a comic book? (laughs) Buy this poor man a comic book. (laughs) It started off, I couldn't get there because of work, and now it's I can't get there because I don't have work. Oh. All right, get, let's get me a job, please. All right, uh, next for Rick. So the next book I have is uh, issue one of four, Batman Europa. Um, and just when you open this thing up, it's so similar uh, with um, some of the the Batman Joker graphic novels. The art style, uh, the artist is, I was trying to ponder the pronunciation of, uh, ah, what's his name? No, Giuseppe Kemen Kemencoli. You know, with, on the legacy site, you can look at all of because I mean, this is a book that's been very long delayed. Yeah, I remember running the announcement, which was the announcement that they were finally putting it on the schedule after announcing it years before. So, so have you had a chance to read it? I've read through part of it. Um, Chemicoli does the layouts. Uh, Jim Lee does the pencils and finishes, and it it's really has this kind of penciled feel to it. The cover definitely is uh, is mostly pencils with some bit of finishing on it. Um, this it's the reason why I bring this up is I bought this without hesitation. I was reflecting on how I'm not buying any of the current Batman books. And except with the exception of Batman and Robin Eternal, um, can't wait for them to reverse the mistake that they're making with uh, the New Gods Justice League business and get Batman back into his own books and start making good stories again. Well, no, I think that the Justice League Dark Side War thing is, you know, is a temporary. No doubt, but yeah, yeah, I didn't like what they had, what they've ended up doing with it. But I also think it's happening before uh, what's happening in the Batman books now, uh, and, and happening in Batman and Robin Eternal. But I, I agree with you there. So yep. cool. Uh, I can't remember if I had that help for me at Elusive or not, so I, I I skipped it because I thought maybe it's waiting for me in Santa Clara. Yeah. And they always look so sad when I buy it. When I buy a book in Los Angeles that I had asked them to hold for me. So. Yeah, you want to look at. I mean, the art style in this is really quite not unique, but it's 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 rare because it is it does have this colored pencil look to most of it. it and isn't it meant to be more European style in look? I guess, but I don't know that many. I mean, it's right. I know a lot of European artists who do comics and stuff, but they're never. 
never uniform in style, you know, everybody from, yeah, um, it's not like manga where there's no. a definite yeah. feel to it. Um, all right. Next on my list is an annual, uh, the uncanny Avengers number one, uh, because it is a look back into the 1940s world of, of magic in Marvel written by James Robinson. And so I, I'm a sucker for period pieces anyway, but it, it mixes the modern-day Uncanny Avengers with the history and it's kind of setting up Robinson's Scarlet Witch book, the solo book that's coming out next month. But you've got a young, vibrant, and attractive Agatha Harkness, of all things. Uh, looks like a precursor to Brother Voodoo. And a couple of new mystics that uh, I'm sure will be woven back in. And I, I know that it doesn't make James Robinson happy when people sort of uh, pigeonhole him as this great Golden Age writer. But he is a great Golden Age writer. He's like you know Roy Thomas was in the 70s, bringing back the invaders. There's a reason James Robinson uh, gets assigned to books like these. There's such a, an affection for these characters and, a, and, a, and an ability to dig deep into history that just weren't there because there wasn't that sophistication of storytelling the first time around. So, uh, and I'm a sucker for mystic books. So, um, and I, and I don't think there's been that much done with, with the 1940s mystical heroes, even though I'm sure some of them are retconned, you know, like Agatha Harkness really didn't show up until the sixties in Marvel, but you know, to put her back in the forties is an interesting idea. So, uh, I think this is one that could easily be overlooked because I often do skip annuals. Because uh, it had to be standalone, but this is this got my attention. So, Nate, Nate, are you there? Sorry, I had it on mute. Oh, <laughs> the final book in my list of books would have been. Star Wars number 12. Did we talk about that already? No. That no. would have been it. Those were my three. I was the only three that came out this week that I would have purchased. Okay. All right. So three books it is. Star I, Wars I think 12. I, I, may, I may have one to add to make it four for you, but go ahead. Go ahead, Rick. Actually, I was going to say Star Wars, of all the books in that in that group, Star Wars is the one that I'm behind on. Um, I read the Chewbacca one. And uh, it's okay. Anyway, it works better than I thought it would. Yeah, yeah, but that's because Crit. it's 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 a buddy book, and yeah, yeah. So they have somebody uh, translating for him. They don't put the translated from Wookie. No, nobody really nope. understands him. <laughs> that's what's awesome about it. Yeah, <laughs> He's just, it works. Yeah, it works. It works. It works. It's it. Is it it's not Sc- fantastic? Was it Scotty Young? No, it's a. Uh, uh, Phil Noto is the artist. Okay, but it has that oh, kind I love of. Phil Noto. It, it almost has the kind of Scotty Young vibe to it, but yeah. Um, so my last book is issue. Pay attention now. Issue one thousand nine hundred sixty-nine, November of Illustrated Tales to Bewitch and Bedevil You, Vampirella. So this uh-huh. is this is the latest. This is a. Um, I guess it's it is actually a square bound dynamite uh, edition, um, a special uh, celebrating uh, the debut that the vampire from Dracula made in in nineteen sixty nine. 
uh, with uh, a whole bunch of people. Of course, the queen of of Draculon tales right now is Nancy A. Collins, and who has just been doing a regular knock it out of the park on Vampirella. Whereas a lot of the ones that came before were all they weren't very th- very thoughtful with the character. It was more you know like what kind of you know ucky things can we have her getting involved in and um mm-hmm. this is the uh, collins has uh really kind of reinvigorated the character for me she's always been on the bubble for me prior to this as to whether or not i picked it up or not and since collins took it over it's been solid but there are um i'm thinking there are five stories in here that are are each one a different uh, aspect of of the 1969 vampirella Cool, and it's uh, it's only seven ninety nine. Excellent. Uh, one for me uh, is a is a little more than that twelve ninety nine, but I think this is I might even have to say this is probably going to be a great recommendation for the gift guide next week. Uh, the uh, from Lion Forge Comics and I, IDW, Andre the Giant, Closer to Heaven. So oh a biography. God. What awesome. Yeah, a biography of Andre the Giant in a trade paperback form. And uh, so like I said it's reasonably priced, twelve you know, twelve ninety nine for a trade paperback. And uh, it, it is just his life story and uh, warts and all. And uh, it's a kind of done in chiaroscuro as, as a color scheme, but it's it's a beautiful book and uh, you know, a, a, a kind of a tragic story. And I love any book showing up that kind of pushes to Americans, because I know that, you know, in other countries, again, we're, everybody's used to comics being in other, uh, being other genres. And uh, I think that it's changed, especially with companies like IDW and Oni. We've, we've talked about that before. But any book that I can put in somebody else's hands, like, hey, there's a wrestling fan who may not be a comics fan, but you want to read about Andre the Giant. And, uh, you know, this is a really well done book. So, uh, and I would suspect uh, – if Nate doesn't want it, Chris Garcia does. Oh, Nate yeah. does want that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is there a whole uh, section on Princess Bride? <laughs> no, there should be. I, You know, I'm looking through. I haven't read the whole thing. So uh, it goes to the WWF, and I'm sure there must be. Or maybe no. Maybe it ends on a happy note. Uh, Princess Bride isn't a happy note? No, no, no. I... Uh, no, I mean, no, it does end on a sad note. But uh, I, I, I don't think they're covering I think it's really covering is going into the wrestling career. Huh. Uh, so, and really dealing with tragedies there. Uh, and uh, so I'll read through and get back to it. You know, I like I said, I haven't finished it, I, and, but I do want to review it because it's, uh, it's a beautiful book. Beautiful book. So uh, let's move on to movies, shall we? Yes. Uh, Yes, and uh, the first thing up we had there, uh, aside from, of course, we you know we get talk. What are the latest Star Wars rumors, right? But uh, there was a mention uh, this week uh, interview uh, that uh, given by writer producer Simon Kinberg, who's working on the X Men franchise. So you know, I know Apocalypse has been in the news, but he brought up that he is still working on a Logan's Run revival and referring to it as a franchise. So. Uh, you know that that because nothing can stand on its own. It, you you can't make Logan's Run. You have to make. Well, if they did it right, they'd have to do Logan's World and Logan's Search. 
but I doubt that's what they're thinking of doing. I think they just want to make Logan's run. But he had an interesting point, which is if you go to the back of the original novel, uh, and I know that Rick, you have a personal you know connection to to that being by William Beth F. Nolan. Nolan yeah. That uh, if you go back to the original novel, it's really dealing with the same kind of uh, dystopian themes of uh, books that are popular now with young adults, with like Hunger Games and yep. uh, Insurgent and Divergent and Detergent. Because in, in the you know, books, so, in the books, they are they go to Carousel earlier than they ended up doing in the movie. They're twenty one, right? Yeah. They they twenty one, which I think is interesting. Like now, I would totally. It, it, it made me reflect back that it was the original, the first movie, the original movie is 1975. Yeah, I think so. And they made it 30. And I thought, that's definitely a 70s move. If there had not been that version in the 70s and you were just making it today, of course it'd be 21. Because who goes to movies to see stories about adults? Yeah. <laughs> so, exactly. Uh, it's interesting. And, you know, they changed a lot of things for the, for the movie. They knew Farrah Fawcett couldn't play 21. No, no. But she really wasn't that big a part. I can remember. She was a like, big part of the advertising for it. Oh, I know. I remember even like a beach towel yeah. that had her in from Logan's Run. And I was like, and when I finally saw Logan's Run, I went, that's it? That's all her part is? Yeah. <laughs> that movie belonged to Jenny Agater. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, with all the changes they made to the movie, and I think it's a decent film and a decent, though probably hard to find, television series, too. Uh, where they kept that 30 thing and it lasted less than a season, but it had some interesting ideas in it um, that uh, I, I still would like to go back to what the books did because I thought the books had a, you know, honestly a, a much broader scope. Uh, you know, in the movie and the television series, they were so, they were in a domed city and the action was limited there, but the, uh, the book really d- does true world building. And then the sequels definitely do. What's the second one is he comes back and then the third he goes to an alternate universe, right, where he yeah. hadn't he hadn't won, so you know, coming in a good time. Yeah, if uh, uh, I, I sincerely hope that something happens and a movie gets made before Bill passes on. Because they've tried, been trying getting, to redevelop this old. thing for like two decades now. Yeah, he he still gets checks because it keeps okay, getting good. renewed. So good, good. Uh, <laughs> so uh, since we last all met, was there anything new and exciting in the Star Wars universe? Um, we did learn that you can no longer call uh, Leia princess. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I love that we're hanging on every stupid spoiler like that. Um, I did hear one other spoiler that I, I, that I can't remember where it was, what packaging it was spoiled on. Uh, but I'm really, really annoyed because I remember when we first were talking about uh, the Star Wars tie-in novel saying, like, I didn't want to read any toy packaging because I didn't want anything spoiled. Right. And then, some, and then something got spoiled for me because of packaging. And somebody just posted on Facebook. I was like, no! Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to. And I won't share it uh, in well, case you guys don't know. You know with but that. It's just. With that uh, no longer Princess Leia thing, isn't that just logic? Like, wouldn't she be Queen. something else by now? Well, Alderaan's her parents, gone. Yeah, her parents are dead. Right. Um, no, she's, yeah. No, it's just, so it's, she it's would more. probably be either a queen or senator or some other non-princess title at this point well, in her life. Yeah, she's general. You know, and, they, and they, everybody's acting like that's a big change. I agree with you. It was totally. I think. I think I was referring to her as Princess Leia because so much of uh, of her identity in the first film 
uh, is that way, but right. uh, but you're absolutely right. She's evolved. That's what I think is really hand- being handled really well by this. I'm whole- sure Han will still call her your worship or whatever no. your worshipfulness. Who knows? We don't know. You know. There's all kinds of speculation as to whether or not they've been together all these years. Um, and, exactly. And the uh, the couple things that I picked up on. Well, one thing. And we have to we have to go back to like the the uh, shattered universe stuff. Did you read all that? Shattered Empire. Shattered yeah. Empire. Shattered universe. Yeah. Um, Expanded it, it was, universe. It was really kind of uh, cool when Leia. Of course, this is Leia right after uh, Return of the Jedi. Goes yeah. to Naboo and interacts with the the uh, the yeah whoever whatever Padme was an empress or she was a queen. She was a queen. Okay, so yeah. uh, the the new queen and they have a girls' night out in X wings and that was cool. Um, but the the idea that um, you've got this latest trailer with the I've seen I've seen those eyes before, and that voice and I can't remember the name of the character. Oh, is that a new trailer that came out that I I, I honestly have not watched? Yeah, this yeah, I didn't want to know. It's the most su- okay. it's, it's the most subtle one of all, and you've got this kind of persistent voiceover throughout. Of I've seen your eyes before, and um, and it really it's the and this is one of those characters that was available as a toy, and it was I can't remember it's the green skinned, uh, long necked, uh, probably going to be a uh, CGI character. Um, who my take on it is is the uh, analog the Yoda analog for this uh, this trilogy. So, and I think we shall see. Yeah. Um, and if anybody is interested, you know, I mean, Wired magazine has been doing a lot of a lot of great articles on it in their in their latest issue, without spoiling things. More like talking about the approach and. and as if we weren't excited enough, you know, I think that J.J. Uh, Abrams talking about collaborating with Lawrence Kasdan and, and talking and setting up the rest of the trilogy, even though he's going to walk away from it, um, is really a fan. You know, it, it's the kind of thing that will that gives one hope that uh, this is going to be as good as we as we hope, because they're all playing a long game, along with I think it was an article that said, you know, uh that the, you're going to die before the last Star Wars movie comes out. <laughs> like how Lucasfilm has this plan forever. <laughs> so we will never see the end of the Star Wars saga. None of us. So let's talk the before Star Wars comes out. Most of the big stuff has been TV. Um, so we can have you, Rick, started watching Ash versus Evil Dead? I'm all caught up. Ugh, you did lucky. catch up. Yeah, uh, I, I can I can do spoiler free. Um, yes, please. I this, started we watching it this, and got interrupted and haven't been able to get back in. I was it's just probably fantastic. Five this minutes is the, the best. Episode. This is the best movie to TV conversion ever. It's it's it is so seamless in the characterization, the film style, the attitude, the special effects. The camera the effects, the, yeah, the creativity, the, just the fun of it. And I watched the first episode. I went, wait a minute. I look back and I go, that was a half an hour. They're doing a dramedy, supernatural dramedy thing in a half an hour, in half hour episodes. 
which I think yeah. is just brilliant because which you can go back to our Comic Con episodes of the podcast and hear them talking about that. It, it, so it doesn't it doesn't for all the frenetic bloodletting and craziness of it, it doesn't outstay its welcome. You don't get tired of it as if if nope. it was keeping that up for an hour, it would either it would either drop into twenty minutes of them standing around talking. Um, but because it's compacted into a half an hour, they keep up this crazed pace and they get it done. It's, it's the, the, I, I don't know if, uh, Ramey is writing specifically or has a staff. No, writers. he talked about that on the podcast, uh, in, in our interview, he, he directed the first one. Yeah. Uh, he kind of oversees, but who's doing but, the scripting? Uh, it's the, we, I interviewed him too. Um, the guy that had been a story uh, uh, producer on Chuck. Okay. Um, I mean, there's a room, there's a team, uh, but if you stick around, Stars has like I love it. At the end of each episode, there's a there's like a you know little extra for whatever the bonus, the DVD feature later, and it says please watch you know spoilers ahead. Please watch the previous episode first. And and uh, this this producer shows up and talks about it. Um, so you know, Ramey has his hand in, but he's not doing the day to day. He did direct the first episode. What's impressed me the most is that. Of course, you know, I think there's a whole generation uh, of filmmakers, uh, certainly the special effects guys, that grew up worshipping Evil Dead 2. You know, and, yeah. and so when you look at this, you can tell that Sam Raimi directed the first episode. What impresses the, me is, uh, you, is you can't tell that he didn't direct. Right. The episodes that have followed. Like I said, it's just totally seamless. You know, right? I'm um, on the IMDb page. So writing credits are Nate Crocker three episodes, James Egan three episodes, Zoe Green three episodes, Sean Clements one episode, Dominic Dierks one episode. Directing, we've got Michael Bassett two episodes, Michael Hurst two episodes, Sam Raimi one episode, Rick Jacobson one episode, which is next year. It's, and the producer? What's that? And the producer, that's the, the guy overseeing. Cause that's, it's, it's Sam and Ivan. But Ivan, uh, Sam, and Tom Speziali are the three people credited as missing. creators. No, no, not creators, producers. There's a, there's, a, there's a producer running that I talked to, but that's okay. That's Regardless, a, it's a great Sean show. Sean Clements, Dominic Dierks, Craig DiGregorio... Craig DiGregorio. He's the one that was on Chuck, and that's who I talked to. It. At he's Comic-Con. the executive producer. And he's all over the document, the little bonus material. So Ash's, uh, Ash's, Ash's dialogue is so spot on. The, so have you seen – did you see the first I've episode? seen it all. You've I'm completely all. caught up. So the, I'm, oh, I'm an alone wolf. Yes. And the uh, – Well, let's not, let's, uh, you know, let's not ruin any no, for no, me. It's just – It's, yeah. I, it's 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 now one of my totally guilty pleasures. For why be guilty? I'm totally guilty about it. Why be guilty? Because it's more fun if you're guilty. <laughs> oh my God! Were you raised Catholic? Is that I? I didn't think you were. Methodist. You know. Uh, anyway, it is a great show, and I think it is. Uh, you know, it it is at the moment supplanted Doctor Who as my favorite show. The only thing that would be more uh, 
complicated in my life right now is if Venture Brothers suddenly showed up again. <laughs> I, I, I'd be fighting yeah. which which one to watch first. And you know, no question, you know, Stars renewed this for a second season before they'd even broadcast the first episode. The I- and, whoever came up with the idea of of breaking the mold and only going a half an hour, just brilliant. I mean. Well, and as both Bruce Campbell and Lucy Lawless have said, you know, Bruce Campbell in particular saying, playing Ash originally was no picnic. I mean, we've all enjoyed it, right? But it's it's a very stressful, uh, you know, a very stressful role to play, although he's so smooth and his delivery is so like, you know, I don't think, I, I'd be hard-pressed to find other actors that could find the laughs in the character that he does, and yet you still take it so serious, you know, it, it's... He's so good, but you know it is stressful. So to be able to just take a couple of months, film what is essentially five hours of television, uh, four hours, right? No, 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 do that math. Yeah, five hours because uh, it's ten half-hour episodes per season. So you do a five-hour Evil Dead movie, and then they've got time to do other projects, and then come back again and do another <laughs> another yeah. five hours. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I, I had a I had an insight, and you got to follow me through on this. Um, Ash and crew are basically Napoleon Dynamite. My weird insight tonight was, because uh, I, I just rewatched the second episode, and uh, was um, that it's almost like with his sidekick, uh, what's the, the kid's name? Is he Pablo? Yeah, which is yeah. close to Pedro. Pablo's hair? Yes. Pablo's hair is the reversal of Ash's chin. Oh my god, that's wild! Yeah, that like there's that design. <laughs> you know, I, I I shall say no more. You know, beyond it's a great series. If you're not watching it, watch it. And uh, one show that started last Sunday that uh, I think Rick is the only one of us who has watched it so far was on AMC Into the Badlands, which from the commercials feels very well, much on our wheelhouse, very comic booky. So uh, I could get much. It's sort of a fantasy martial arts. It's it's a post-apocalyptic um, martial arts. It, it's it has to do with a uh, the badlands that people are living in, and there are there's a barony of eight barons that keep everything running, and they have this this uh, they have a truce between them. They can't attack each other. And guns have been done away with, so they only have people who do martial arts and have swords. Um, the uh, and this is another one of those those ones where I'm just going. This is delivering on all cylinders what you expect from that premise. the The hero there's going to be a, there's going to be a quest. There are intriguing characters that are maybe bad or maybe good or whatever, but they're all in a bad situation because you know. If there wasn't this kind of strenuous uh, leadership, what would things be like? Um, uh, there's a, it's there's a definite definite wuxa, wire work kind of martial arts going on. There's uh, the the lead character. There's a there's a fight scene where he takes on like eight guys, and it's good because you know it's not like no one pulls a gun. You have to figure out how to deal with a gun. Um, he just has to figure out how to take them down one at a time. Um, it's uh, it's it's looking to be like a solid uh, adventure story, a story 
with a mysterious quest, mysterious objects, um, people who may or may not be what they, what you think they are at the beginning. Uh, very noir mixed right. with Chinese action film. I'm going to have to read the online comic to bring it full circle yeah. because I, 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 I've got plenty to watch. And so my only thing is like, tell me the thing that makes me go, I got to watch that. And, and, awesome. and it sounds it sounds interesting. I don't know. You know. You know what's awesome? The Flash. Uh, you it, know, so. it reminded me a lot. It reminded me a lot of some of the some bits of uh, Django Unchained. At the same time, oh, okay. it was reminding me of Kill Bill. Um, so that's what I'm saying. The the film the filming. I'm on a middle ground. I'm on yeah. a middle ground with that. Uh, the problem I have with it, honestly, is I believe it's produced by Akiva Goldsman. Hmm. Uh, who gave us Batman and Robin, and uh, so I still cannot get over that. And it's, it's not his fault. It's it's not his fault. Uh, I believe Joel Schumacher did take full responsibility for that atrocity. I don't think you'll, uh, you'll find any elements of Batman and Robin in this. <laughs> really? If Schwarzenegger shows up and makes a pun, no. I'm out. No. Um, so let's talk about things that are upcoming. Of course, this weekend on Netflix, and it's just to kind of wrap up a little bit, say uh, Jessica Jones is coming. Can't uh, wait. Oh, I'm very excited for Netflix. Uh, and they did like release a little thing, uh, teaser of Luke Cage running a diner. You know, So there's a little sign of, uh, of a diner that says Luke's in the window. And I believe they already started shooting the Luke Cage series. So um, the teaser all where, the word. The teaser where she talks about the purple man getting in her head. Oh, I know. It's, that was, oh. oh. Uh, man, I, I don't know what time they're going to launch on Friday, but... Is it is it twelve oh one on Friday probably, morning? Probably that actress. Um, she was she was uh, the bee in Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment Twenty Three. Right, yeah. right. Um, yeah, and she was. I, I thought she was really a great comedic actress in that for the character she was playing and all that. Um, but this looks like she's getting straight. I thought in a whole I thought it was direction. an interesting casting choice from the beginning. But I'm with you. I thought of her as more of a light comic. And I love that she's getting the chance to be dramatic, and 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 it sounds like by all reports that she's just amazing. Of course, David Tennant is Gilgrave, and and now has the Purple Man feeling. I don't know if they're going to call him the Purple Man. Has she done that in, in the teasers? I I don't think she did. I thought I heard it somewhere, but 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 they keep they keep washing the whole thing in purple. Yeah. So that instead of him being purple skinned, it's at least there's a feeling. You know, that's more like the psychological effect. I'm fine with that, so I'm really looking forward to that. And um, Image Comics got good news today in that uh, one of their uh, series of graphic novels, Hawaiian Dick, uh, is being developed by NBC. It's a 50s Hawaiian noir supernatural uh, comedy drama uh, with Johnny Knoxville set to star. And uh, if you haven't read those, they're very fun. Kind of, you know, almost like a Hawaiian take on the... uh, I don't say on the X Files, you know, but set in the fifties. I don't know if it's going to be set in the fifties for the television show. I hope it is. I love the, you know, I think the networks are are catching on that it's the quirky things, the things that make shows unique, not just that they seem like something else that makes people want to watch them. I so, hope they'll be cool enough to have like a TV in the background playing an episode of Hawaiian Eye. They'll play what Hawaiian Eye? Oh yeah. It was the- Sorry. The, the, the same premise. Skype just took you out. Yeah, yeah. 
So, uh, you know, again, adding to my list of, oh, my Lord, how many comic book adaptations can there be on television at one time? And the answer is bring it on, still more. Infinity. Infinity. No, I, I, you know, I realized even when I had forgotten some, when I was talking at uh, uh, Convolution about comics to TV, and said, you know, there, there are more shows that are comics based on, on right, right now, in, in development right now, than there had been in, in the previous fifty years. And every time I think of, oh, yeah, I forgot about Human Target, or I forgot about this, it's like, nope, still is not adding up to as many as are, are as are on or in development right now. And uh, when we say in development, they're all making it too. So yeah, it, as it, long as the quality stays up, have at it. Yeah, don't water yeah. down. Well, I mean, I don't it, mind the market being watered down. Like there are so many shows, I can't choose one. As long as none of them suck, have at it. Yeah. Well, it comes back to when, when Michael Goodson and I walked out of the screening of Daredevil, the, the Ben Affleck, Affleck one, uh, you know, he turned to me and said, well, I'm really glad that there are enough, there have been enough good superhero movies now that this won't kill it. <laughs> you know, so I feel the same way about TV. If a bad t- show does make it, it's not going to kill the, it's not going to kill the movement. It's just one bad show, but I'd like them all to be good because I, I, I am enjoying it. Although, like I say, though, like you're going to lure me with into the Badlands that feels like a good sci-fi fantasy that should be a comic book, maybe. I don't even have time to do that because I, I haven't caught up on Supergirl. I, I, I want to catch up on Arrow. I, I, you know, and uh, oh, I'm woefully behind on Gotham. And, you know, there's just not enough time. Yeah. So Are you caught up on time. The Walking Dead? I am. Uh, of course not. I'm caught up. Go ahead, say what you want to say, Nate. Did we talk about it last week already? Or no, two we, didn't, weeks, whatever. we didn't. We didn't talk about it last last because episode. we weren't caught up. Right now we're caught up. Right. Let's just put the guarantee out there that Glenn is not dead. Really? Or your money back? Really? Absolutely. So where'd that blood come from? That was Nicholas's blood. Okay. Who fell on top of Glenn? Notice how no blood came out of Glenn's mouth. Every okay. other person that has been eaten by zombies have coughed up and choked on their own blood. Okay. That's just number one. Number two, Glenn's not dead. <laughs> he still hasn't been on Talking Dead. Oh, that's true. And that's there's true. one other piece of information that I won't share because it's super spoilery, but it's old information that everyone just wants to ignore. Okay. And I can either say it. And it's super spoilery, or save, not say it. Save it for the post post show, and if people want to listen to it, listen through to it, they can listen after our outro, and they can hear it there. Let's do that. Okay. <laughs> but wasn't that last? But was it spoil anything for Rick? Yes, it would spoil. Rick? It would. Yes. No, it won't spoil anything for me because I've caught up. No, but it's not On the trade paperbacks. No, no, it's, it has nothing to do with the comics. Okay. Oh, okay. And it hasn't happened okay. in the show yet. So okay, okay. I, I think I yeah. know what you're talking about. We'll, we'll talk about that later. But what about that last episode, the 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 one that focused on um, uh, the one it? that focused on Morgan? No, the, the one that focused on um, literally the last episode that just happened. Yes, with uh, what was the last episode? <laughs> I'm blanking on his name. Uh, with the crossbow. Oh, Abraham, Abraham and no, Sasha. 
Mer- and Daryl. Daryl. Yeah. It, it was, was the, totally a Daryl story. Well, it was both. It was the Daryl. Oh, that's true. They did It was because the, the three of them I were guess out. they just didn't care about the Abraham, Abraham story. <laughs> Yeah, that uh, that Daryl story. I wanted to see. I wanted to see that zombie with the with the missile on his back fall off and explode. Yes. <laughs> I thought he was going to go. He's going to. Oh no! And be running yeah. back, and he's going to lose everything he had collected. I for but, sure thought the uh, the missile would accidentally go off yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, but the whole Daryl thing that was uh, like those people are going to get it. Oh yeah. Eventually. Yeah, and where's he going to get a new crossbow? That's from them. The, that's the worst part. He's going to get it back from them. Okay. <laughs> They're going to get it. badass. Yeah. Yeah. We should announce that, uh, we should mention that in last week, uh, they did cast Negan. Is that how you pronounce it? N-E-G-A-N? Yeah. Negan. Yeah. Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yes. Uh, who was rapidly, rapidly uh, c- coming up on the the... How many different comic book characters can he play? Because uh, we, I counted at least three now. Because of oh, four, because he was in the Losers, he was uh, the comedian in Watchmen, he is going to be Thomas Wayne in Batman versus Superman, and now he's going to be naked, naked, naked. So four, That's a good choice. Four. That's a good choice. He's not quite as clean cut as Negan, who is in the comic. He's he's an unusually like square jawed. Uh, 50s biker type but without mm-hmm. you know post adolescent acne kind of thing um, yeah yeah interesting well alright I think that uh, brings us to the end of another podcast thank you all for listening along and reminding you that uh, if you uh, have any questions comments compliments commentary criticism write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com I'm Derek Editor-in-Chief of Fanboy Planet. I'm Dave Casta. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder, reminding you to use, use your, your powers, powers only for good. Thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com. Is this a family-friendly show, by the way? Just... So I can watch my P's and Q's? We usually watch our P's and Q's. Uh, a little bit, yeah. I mean, you know, if you let a P slip, a Q falls, we understand. I take care of it in post. Oh, do you? I'll be all, I'll be all bleeped out like that child will be. We use a monkey scream. <laughs> or the sound of that child crying. Unhappily. Yeah, that sound of the child crying. <laughs> just, just a sobbing child. Usually that's what I use for covering up all my swear words. Hey, Derek? Thanks, Thanks, Eric. Okay. okay, this is where our transition will be, and so we can we can say sincere thanks right now. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> not the Hollywood thanks we pan. That was still sincere. Okay. I get that criticism all the time. I sound insincere, but I'm very sincere. You can't see the tears in my eyes, but it's true. Really, I'm grateful you came on. So thank you. Sure, Grace. Always a pleasure. All right. Very much appreciate it. Yeah. Well, happy well, you know, Thanks for having me, guys. Do you know what's for dinner? I have no idea. It's a mystery. It's That's always a mystery. Don't <laughs> just go downstairs. We do know it is not burnt almond cake. So. No, it's likely not. <laughs> Chicken is a frequent uh, visitor in our house. <laughs> um, so uh, it wouldn't shock me to find some kind of kid. Uh, chicken concoction, delicious. So, and I and I had a burger for lunch. So, you know, probably no no burgers. What's <laughs> keeping it thin and beautiful? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So far, she is losing that battle. All right, guys, I'm going to take off. All right, have a good one. Thank you very much. Okay, bye. Bye, bye. Thank you. Okay, and we'll cut back to Derek. I'm Dave Costa. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder, reminding you to use, use your, your powers, powers only for good. good. <laughs> <laughs> you messed up. Oh, that lag kills. No, he went, a, he went faster this time. He's he's playing with us, Derek. I went I normal speed. I couldn't tell because really, I I know I'm on a bit of a lag. Yeah, there's definitely seconds, so. definitely a lag going on. It's like watching yeah. one of those uh, well, via satellite interviews where the guy's sitting there like, "Hey, how's it going?" Okay. So, are you saying that Glenn is still alive because he has to eventually be killed by an Egan? No. Okay. I was afraid you were going there. I'm going, oh, no. No, no. It it has nothing to do with Negan. Uh, do you want to hear it? Who killed him in the comic. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So there's a production photo. Oh, it may not have been a production photo. It may have been a rogue PA taking pictures. But when the character Jesus is introduced, or at some point after Jesus is introduced, Glenn is walking with him. Oh, really? And Jesus isn't here oh, yet. Okay. Okay. So my guess is that Jesus is going to save Negan, or excuse me, uh, Glenn, from under the dumpster that he was near and do his badass kill every zombie thing that he does. Yeah. And then Glenn's going to bring him back to everybody else. Now I'm not, oh. I'm not. I think I'm like on issue 120 in the trades. Maybe uh-huh. I'm trying to think what's happened. Um, they've. Oh, I I got to the point where uh, the last issue I had, I read Negan was strapped down on the on the uh, on the cart mm-hmm. with his neck having been closed up after it had been opened up by Rick's knife. Right. So. Was Jesus still with him at that point? Yeah, Jesus is still there. Okay, all right. You don't need to tell me any more about about his future. Whoops, did we lose Nate? No, I'm still here. Derek, did we lose Derek? I, uh, no, I'm still here. I, I heard I heard that same thing. Eric Larson's been listening in this whole time. <laughs> he just hung up. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah. And it must have been somebody coming online or. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah. Um, Ready. That's interesting. Okay. All right. Yeah, I, I, I would. Uh, I would hope that they don't kill him off. But who's that, Glenn? Yeah. And I thought the same thing about it could have been the blood from the other guy, but I didn't see the way they tumbled. So, yeah. Well, I think they, I mean, obviously I think they did that on purpose, but yeah, um, it just didn't look right. Like, obviously when it first happened, I was like, what the hell? I can't believe they're doing this. Yeah. And Tiffany was like, why are they killing Glenn? But uh, after I popped it back and watched it again so do you think the guys and, who were uh, the guys who were after the the trio with the the diabetic girl um were those nagan's guys uh that was my first thought because they're they were too orderly and clean to be wolves exactly and they're talking about kneeling before someone. Right. And they don't want to kneel. And that sounds like Negan to me. Yeah. Uh, so that wouldn't surprise me at all. And that guy, Wade, I was like, well, maybe Wade's the leader. Then I don't think Wade is the leader. Wade's probably just one of the toadies. Uh, but, yeah, I would think those are probably Negan's people. Yeah. And that those two girls were probably fed up with being... Negan's concubines or whatever he does with women. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Now the well, all right. the last episode was really really quite awesome. The uh, the whole you know when he opens the bag and he, he finds the box with the insulin must be kept cold and he's, he realizes yeah. he needs to go back take it back to them and um, yeah and he's the only good person left. He on is that. the only good person left on the planet. <laughs> Uh, he can't. And when he handed him back the gun, I'm going, dude, that's that's a step too far. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, and the I'm bit thing. Like, I'm bit. You know, we need to do what we do oh, all yeah. the time when okay. somebody gets bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. All right. Okay. Sure. All right, gentlemen. Talk to you. All later. right. Talk to you later. Night. Bye for now. Happy Bye. Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Everyone. You too.